Exodus 18, hold that there. I know you're in Exodus, just hold that there with your marker. I'm going to do the same thing, and then we're going to go over to Matthew. Exodus 18, I want you to have that ready to go back to. And then we're going to go over to Matthew chapter 5, sorry, Mark chapter 5, and start there and get that open so you can look at it. I want to talk tonight about looking what the Lord has done and rejoicing about it. Amen? How many know we need to rejoice with what the Lord has done for us? What He's done for us, what He's done in us, what He's done through us, what He's doing uh, around us. And we need to get excited about serving the Lord and realizing how powerful our testimony is tonight. And we know that the Bible says that we should always be ready at any moment to give the reason that we have hope in Jesus Christ. At any moment we should be able to do that. And, and sometimes we can be going through life and situations and things and we can get off track a little bit. But I want you to know that no matter what you're going through, good or bad, you, you, got, you should be happy tonight. It don't have to be your birthday, amen. You can, it, can be, it can be anybody's birthday, amen. It's your birthday every day in Jesus, amen. You can be excited and you can be happy. You don't have to have some kind of thing going on for you. It, it's exciting to serve the Lord. And, and as you're holding those two verses, let me just give you a couple of verses that are just going to get you excited if you're not excited. Remember, don't look at it for time, but just listen to it, write it down, because I want you to hold those two spots. Remember that Romans 8 says something to us tonight that should help us be happy all the time, sleep good at night, and walk through our day happy. That there is, there, verse 1, therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. For who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. For the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus, listen, has made me free from the law of sin and death. How many free people do I have in here tonight? How many saved people do I have in here tonight? How many delivered people do I have in here tonight? That's enough to be rejoiceful about right there. I'm saved. I'm, I'm some saved and I'm delivered and I am no longer under the condemnation of that devil. Amen. Amen. Sometimes we, we need to realize we walk too much under the condemnation of the devil. And Jesus says there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Amen. So you, that's, that's one thing. The second one is 2 Corinthians 5.17. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he's a what? Anybody know that verse? He's a new creation. All things have passed away and behold, some of the things that you've done have become new. All things have become new. Amen. Now, we could just close right there and go home. Those two verses right there are enough to rejoice. If someone came up to you and said, man, are you happy? You should say, yes, I'm happy. I, I've told you before, I, I, I get bothered sometimes. I know we have bad days, but I get bothered when people say they're okay. If you've never heard me say that before, we should never say we're okay. Because we're not okay. My dad could be in the hospital dying and he's not okay. He's great. Because he's saved. He's not condemned. He's set free. He's a new creation. All things have been made new. Amen. Yeah, we got this going on. I got that going on. I need this and I need that. That don't matter. I've got a testimony no matter what's going on in my life. And I can look what the Lord has done and rejoice. 
Not this, that's the problem. A lot of us are looking to wait to see what the Lord's going to do. No, look what the Lord's already done. That's enough. If he does something new, praise God. But remember those two verses. Write them down somewhere. Remember them. Memorize them. Focus on them. Tell them to the devil when he tries to condemn you. When he tries to make you feel down or feel like you've made a mistake or you've gone too far. Whatever. No, 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 devil. No, no, no. There is no condemnation anymore for me. I'm not that person anymore. I'm a new creation. All things are gone. All things. All things have been made new in Jesus. I'm set free. I can clap, I can shout, I can sing, I can be happy because I'm a new creation. Amen. And so I want to talk about rejoicing tonight, but I want to talk about testifying. I want to talk about telling people about what Jesus has done for you. As we go to read this in Matthew, sorry, Mark chapter 5. I don't know why I'm stuck on Matthew. Mark chapter 5, where you're at in your Bibles. We're going to read this in a second. I want you to write down two types of testimonies that we have. Two. That's simple. How many like simple? Two types. I love simple. One is you testify, you rejoice, you tell people about your testimony, about what the Lord has done for you to people that are lost to witness to them about Jesus. That's the first group of people you testify to. And that we should be doing when? All the time. Where? Everywhere. To who? Anybody who will listen. All the time. We don't, we, don't, we don't take vacation from witnessing. We don't stop witnessing. We don't stop telling people about the Lord. We don't get in a place where we think, well, the Lord hasn't done much for me lately, so I really don't have much to say. We don't do that. We talk about those two verses. I want you to get that in your head tonight. If, if everything is bad right now, and everything seems bad right now, just go to those two verses and look at a testimony you have. Amen. Don't be that person that walks around all the time. Woe is me. Oh, if you knew what I was going through. Oh, if you could just see what, what my, my bank account says. Oh, if you could just see my refrigerator. I know people got problems, but you look at those two verses. Amen. And you have got it better than 98 percent of the world tonight because you, that we don't live in this world. We're just passing through. I've got a testimony. And I can say, look what the Lord had. They say, man, look at your situation, man. You're broke. You got this. You got that. Yeah, but look what the Lord has done. So you're looking at something material, and I'm looking at something spiritual. You can't take that from me. You can't, you can, I can be as broke as I'll get out. I can be sick and in the hospital. I can be messed up and torn up and having problems. And that doesn't change the fact that I'm a new creation in Christ Jesus. And that all the old things are passed away. And behold, all things have become new. And I'm, I'm happy. I can rejoice. Look what the Lord has done. Look what the Lord has done. Amen. He's done that already for me. And so in Mark chapter 5, we see uh, uh, witnessing to the unbeliever. The second one is, before I get ahead of myself, is you edify the saints. That's the two people you testify to. You testify to lost people. And then we testify to each other. That's why we have testimony services sometimes. That's why people get up at the offering and tell about raises and promotions. And, and, and we get people get up before we pray and they say, I've been healed. We're testifying to each other to edify us as believers. So that we can say, man, you might be sitting at one section of this church tonight and somebody gets up and says, man, I, 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 I was going through some real problems in my finances and the Lord set me free and healed me and gave me a deliverance on my finances. And somebody sitting somewhere else could be sitting there going, man, I needed that. Because if God can do that for him or her, God can do that for me. I'm going to look what the Lord has done and I'm going to rejoice. 
Rejoice in the Lord when? Always. And again I say, rejoice. Now look at Mark chapter 5, verse 18. Say amen if you're there. Jesus has just got done delivering the man at the Gadarenes. How many know that story? I'm not going to read the whole thing. He was messed up. Legions of demons. And he sets him free in verse 18 tells us, however, Jesus, because he wanted to go with Jesus where he was going, and Jesus said, no, go home, watch this, to your friends and tell them what great things the Lord has done for you. And now he has had compassion on, sorry, and how he has had compassion on you. Look at 18. He got into the boat. He who had been demon-possessed. I love that word, had been. Amen. Had been. Amen. Had been. Stop, stop, telling, stop listening to the devil tell you you are. Say, I have been. I had been. I am not any longer. I am a new creation in Christ Jesus. I'm not an alcoholic anymore. I'm not a drug addict anymore. I'm not lost anymore. I've been found. I'm set free. I'm a new creation had been demon-possessed, and said, begged that he would go with him. And Jesus said, no, don't go with me. I can't permit that, but go home to your friends. He says, he gives them a, he gives them a challenge, and tell them what great things the Lord has done for you. Tell them what great things the Lord has done for you. If you feel tonight, I'm going to throw this out there, like you don't have a testimony, come talk to me. I'm going to give you one. Seriously, you feel like, well, I ain't got nothing to say, nobody. Just come talk to me, please. We'll sit down for a few minutes, and I'll show you what testimony you have. Because sometimes you need someone else to let you know. You got a testimony. You got a whole lot of things to rejoice about. And that's why I say sometimes, no, you're not okay. No, you're not. You're good. Especially if you're not in the hospital. Especially if you're not in jail. Especially if you're not on the street. Amen. Those people might have it okay. But if you're not in any of those places, you're not okay. You're good. You're great. Amen. Psalm 66, 16 says, Come and hear all you who fear God, and I will declare what he has done for my soul. Declare. All you have who will come and hear, I will declare to you what he has done for my soul. Why does Jesus set us free besides the fact that he wants us to be saved? So we will tell others. Right? Everything that God does, he does to glorify himself. We need to be people who wake up in the morning and say, Lord, use me today and let my life glorify you. Let everything I say, everything I do, everywhere I go be a, a, a glorifying thing to you, Lord. Let my life glorify you. Let's look at Exodus 18. Well, I told you in the beginning. Let's go over there and read a few verses about Moses. Say amen if you're there. Exodus chapter 18. Let's look at verse 1. And Jethro, the priest of Midian, this is Moses' father-in-law, heard of all that God, I love this, heard of all that God had done for Israel, his people, that the Lord had brought Israel out of Egypt. Now we're going to continue reading in a second, but let me read that again and, and ask you a question and you answer it yourself. The Moses, Jethro, the priest, Moses' father-in-law, heard 
of all that the Lord God had done for Moses. How do people hear? Someone's got to talk. Amen. Somebody's got to hear. Somebody can't hear unless someone talks. And so the, the, the father-in-law of Moses had heard before Moses got to him. Now, there's good and bad of that. How many know sometimes when you go to tell a testimony and you're excited about something and you're like ready to tell someone something and then someone already beat you to it? Right? It's like, whew. You're still, and then you figure out how to tell them a different angle so it sounds better. Right? So he, he, Moses wants to come tell Jethro everything that happened, but he'd already heard because people were talking about what the Lord had done for Israel and his people. That the Lord had brought Israel out of Egypt. See, that go right there. That verse 1 goes with what I talked about the first two verses I read in Romans 8 and 2 Corinthians 5. That's where the Lord brought us out of, out of Egypt. The Lord brought us out of Egypt. We look at that sometimes. We go, man, that's them and that's Egypt. No, we were Israel. We were the people of Israel. And Egypt was our bondage of sin. Lord brought us out. And we're out. And the only reason, the only way we can go back in is if we walk back in that. But you can stay free and you are free as long as you don't walk back to that. Verse 2, then Jethro, Moses' father-in-law, took Zipporah, Moses' wife, after he had sent her back with her two sons. Verse 3, of whom the name of one was Gershom. For he said, I have been a stranger in a foreign land. And the name of the other was Eliezer. For he said, the God of my father was my help and delivered me from the sword of Pharaoh. And Jethro, Moses' father-in-law, came with his sons and his wife to Moses in the wilderness where he encamped at the mountain of God. Now Moses, sorry, now he had said to Moses, I, your father-in-law, Jethro, am coming to you with your wife and her two sons with her. So Moses went out to meet his father-in-law, bowed down and kissed him. And after they asked each other about their well-being, they went into the tent. And Moses told his father-in-law all that the Lord had done to Pharaoh and to the Egyptians for Israel's sake. And all the hardship that had come upon them on the way and how the Lord had delivered them. We'll finish in just a second. Stay there in verse 8. That's kind of looked like what happens at church. They greeted each other and hugged each other. And then they went in and sat down at the table and were talking. And Moses is saying, Jethro, daddy, father-in-law, man, you should have seen when we come in here on Sunday morning and Sunday night and Wednesday night and all the other activities that we do during the week, we come in, we hug each other, we, we embrace each other, we say hi to each other, we greet each other, we begin to share with each other what the Lord has done during the week. Amen? We begin to talk about what the Lord has done. Now, here's something you've got to think about. When you begin to get around a bunch of people, believers especially, and we're at church, and you're at a fire starter and you're at ladies of virtue and you're at discipleship and you're at church and you're at wherever you're at. That's a church activity. And you begin to talk before and after service. You need to start asking yourself, maybe take a little examination from outside and say, what are the things I talk about? What are the things? I, and I'm not saying bad things. I'm just saying that are you talking about the things of the Lord? Is that something that comes up in your conversations? Are you talking about how you witnessed to someone that week? Are you talking about how an opportunity came up? If we're always, and listen, this, nothing like this is happening. I'm just getting you to think. If you come to fellowship and all you ever talk about is just things, 
And the Lord and his goodness and the things that God has done in you that week don't ever come up or very rarely come up. Maybe something needs to change. We're not doing what we're supposed to do as a church. We're not reaching the lost. We're not witnessing. We're not sharing our faith. How many get what I'm saying? It's okay to talk about whatever. It's okay to talk about how the weather was, how job was, how the kids were, how sports were. But, oh, it seems like if you're in love with the Lord, that conversation is just going to come back around to, man, what's the Lord done for you lately? What, have you rejoiced? In the, let me tell you what the Lord has done for me. And you rejoice together. They, right there, we saw that. They greeted each other. They did the small talk. Hey, how you been? Man, I've been good. Hey, listen, listen, father-in-law. Okay, we got the highs out. We got the hugs out. Let's sit down. Let me tell you what Jesus did. Let me tell you what the Lord did. There's a passion in him to tell him about the Lord. And, watch this, there's a passion to listen. Not only talking about the Lord, but you should love listening to people talk about the Lord. That should be your business. That should be some. A healthy church is a church that's talking about what the Lord's doing, what the Lord's done, what the Lord's going to do. And, and, and the testimonies and the rejoicing, that's, that's healthy church. Healthy church. Y'all notice I'm not talking about the problems or the things going bad or the things going wrong. I'm talking about what the Lord's doing. See, we stay busy talking about what the Lord's doing and what he's done and what he's going to do. Somebody help me out here. That's a healthy church. We're talking about, man, have you seen what, man, the Lord did this, man, the Lord did that, the Lord's doing this, God opened up this door. That's a healthy church that's focused on the things of the Lord. Let's continue. Verse 9, then Jethro rejoiced for all the good which the Lord had done for Israel, whom he delivered out of the hand of the Egyptians. And watch this, Jethro says, blessed be the Lord who has delivered you out of the hand of the Egyptians and out of the hand of Pharaoh, and who was delivered, has delivered the people from under the hand of the Egyptians. Now, watch this, now I know that the Lord is greater than all the gods. For in the very thing in which they believed proudly, he was above them. So Jethro, his faith is raised because... Moses tells him what the Lord did. He might have had some doubts there. He might have he had, I mean, think about your family. Is your family watching, listening, and looking at your life and wanting to believe more in God because of you? Or are they wanting to confirm their beliefs about the church or about God because of your life? I don't say that in a condemning way. I just say it for you to think. Think about that. Your family looking at your life, listening to your words, listening to how you talk about God and your family and your church. And are they saying, man, I want to be a part of that. Sounds like something great's going on there. Y'all following me? We got to be got to be careful that we're looking what the Lord has done and rejoicing. Because it's easy to look at what the Lord hasn't done or what we want the Lord to do. It's easy to pout. It's easy to be upset. It's easy to be sad. That's easy. God says, look at what I've done and rejoice. Amen. 1 Corinthians 1, 6 says, even as the testimony of Christ was confirmed in you. Has God blessed anybody in here tonight? Is there anybody that's been blessed by God? I'd have to put my feet up in the air and do heart cartwheels. And I couldn't, I don't have enough hands and feet. 
Do you ever stop long enough to look at how amazing the Lord has been? If you look a little bit, and you'll find out how good you've been. Sorry, God's been to you. And if he's been good to you, you must testify to his goodness. You must tell people, man, Lord has been good. The Lord has been good. Amen. He's been so good to me. There's a song. He has been good to me. Amen. Of all the things I've done, of all the things that God has been good to me. Amen. Has he been good to anybody else in this place tonight? Isn't that enough to rejoice about? How good he's been, how good he is. Amen. Get, pick yourself up. Get excited. Be happy. It's your birthday. <laughs> Psalms 145. Let's close up there. I'll share with you. Me and Christian will share with you today. It's your birthday. Every day can be your birthday. In Jesus. Every day God's mercies are new. Every morning. Great is his faithfulness. When I think about my Jesus and what he's done for me. When I think about Jesus and how he set me free. Amen. I just want to shout. We used to sing that a lot when I first got saved. I just want to shout, 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 shout all night, all night. Good song. Amen. Psalms 145. Let's read a few more verses than I had written down. Let's look, look, let's look at the, I will extol you, verse 1. My God, O King, and I will bless your name forever and ever. That's an attitude. That's an attitude. That's a decision. I will bless your name for, you realize before we read on there, don't just read the scriptures. If he says, I will bless your name forever, forever and ever, he is stating that I'm going to bless you, Lord, good or bad. Amen. How many have learned and come to realize that if you've got that mindset, that you are not going back, Amen. that you're not going to change your look at God by what goes on in your life, and you just simply say, Lord, I will bless you at all times, you will have a better life. Amen? Amen? So when the good comes, it just feels even better. But when the bad's there, you're good anyways. Because you say, Lord, I'm going to bless you all the time. Forever and ever and ever. Every day, verse 2. Every day. Doesn't say Sunday. Doesn't say Wednesday. Doesn't say when the sun's shining or it's not. It says, every day I will bless you. And I will praise your name. Again, he says it forever. And ever, that's a long time. Great is the Lord and greatly to be praised. And his greatness is unsearchable. One generation shall praise your works to another and shall declare your mighty acts. Watch this. I will meditate on the glorious splendor of your majesty and on your wondrous works. Men shall speak of the might of your awesome acts and I will declare your greatness. They shall utter the memory of your great goodness and shall sing of your righteousness. Verse 8. The Lord is gracious and full of compassion. You better thank the Lord for this next part. 
slow to anger and great in mercy. The Lord is good to all and his tender mercies are all over his works. Who's his works? Us. His tender mercies are all over his works. Let's finish up with a couple more here. All your works shall praise you, O Lord. Underline that. That's you. All your works shall praise you. We are his work. We are his workmanship. We are his only vessel of glory. Amen. Animals, plants, things around us don't have free will. They bless the Lord. The trees, when the wind blows, worship God. But they do it because they don't have any other choice. They don't have a heart or a mind. But we are God's vessels that choose to bring glory to his name. And so we need to remember that. That's why we're on this earth. Amen. Amen. Anything we need or need to be done is something that God can do. But remember why you're here. You are here to bless his name. You are here to tell people about his greatness and his works and his mighty power so that he will be glorified through your life. Look what the Lord has done and rejoice. Where was I? Verse 10. All your works shall praise you, O Lord, and your saints shall bless you. They shall speak of the glory of your kingdom and talk of your power. Last verse. To make known to the sons of men his mighty acts. And the glorious majesty of his kingdom. Amen. Musicians, you can come tonight. Look what the Lord has done and rejoice. I got a testimony. I got to tell somebody. I got I to let people know how good God is in my life. And let me, let me just come full circle on this and come back to the beginning. Remember Romans 8. Remember 2 Corinthians chapter 5. I'm a new creation. All things are passed away that are old and bad and wrong. They're gone. They're under the blood as far as the east is from the west. I'm a new creation. And all things have been made new. That's enough right there. I don't know how to beat that home anymore. That that's enough right there to rejoice every day of your life. Nothing else should matter. I'm a new creation. Man, I should be in hell right now. I shouldn't be here. You shouldn't be here. Don't ever get there to that place where you cross your arms at God and say, man, I got this. No, you don't. None of us should be here tonight. It's only by the grace of God that we're standing in this place. It's only by the grace of God we're breathing breath right now. So I got, I got all I need to rejoice. And and even if I come into a service or I come into a day where the devil's trying to get me down, I'm not staying there long. You're not holding me down, devil. Recognize the enemy. Push him off. Remind him of, of what you are in Jesus Christ and what the Lord has done for you and that there is now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus, whom Jesus has made free. From the law. What do you got to do? Just repent. Every day. Keep your heart pure. Come to the altar of the Lord. In church. At your house. In your car. Wherever. Stay pure. Say Lord forgive me. God search my heart. Look inside of me. See if there's anything in me. It's not right. Just look. Just search God. Just keep me right. Just keep me clean. Keep me honest. 
Keep my heart pure. If you'll do that, you can go through the day every day knowing that there's no condemnation in you because you're not walking in darkness. You're walking in light. And you can make the best situation out of the worst. You can be happy when everybody else is sad. How many know God needs some vessels? He needs, some, he needs this church to be healthy. He needs this church to be happy. He needs this. It don't mean that we don't have bad times. And I say, we know we do. It don't mean there's not times to cry. But I'm not going to cry more than two days. Because the Bible says weeping may endure for a night. But joy comes in the morning. Amen. So I'm not, I don't have to stay down for long. I can be sad. I can, get a, I can take a blow. But I'm not staying down there. I'm getting up. I'm giving God glory. I'm going to say, look what the Lord has done. Amen. Maybe you got to go back a couple weeks. Maybe you got to go back a couple months. Whatever you got to go back to, go back to something. Look at that and rejoice. Don't focus on your now. Amen. Focus on the word of God for you. He's made me free from the law of sin and death. Father, I love you tonight. We, we worship you. We praise you. We magnify you. We extol you. We glorify you. We exalt you tonight, Jesus. We look at what you've done and we rejoice. We rejoice in the Lord always. And again, we say rejoice. God, tonight you have been so good to us. And God, it's our, it's our call. You told that man in Mark 5, God, when we read at the beginning of this message, go and proclaim what the Lord has done for you. God, that's not a, a one-time thing. That's an every day, every week, every service thing. Church, we got to realize that. It's not every once in a while. It's all the time. If you're here tonight and you struggle with being happy, I promise you I've got, a, I've got an antidote for that. I've got a recipe for success. It's talk about the Lord. It's focus on His goodness. It's remember what He's done for you on the cross of Calvary. It's remember what's coming, which is eternal life. Hallelujah. You can find things to be happy about because, listen, people need you to be happy. I'm not, I didn't say have it all together. Be perfect. I'm saying people need to see you glorifying God. They need to see something in you that they want. If we look like the world in our actions and in our happiness, and in our hope, why would they want to be like us? If they see a church that, that doesn't talk about the goodness of the Lord, they're not going to want it. But Jethro's heart was changed because Moses came in and said, let me tell you what the Lord's done. And he said, man, he is greater than all the gods. That's what we really want at the end of the day is people to look at our lives and say that God you serve is greater than all the gods.